Yeah, so how have you been handling the whole... Um, you mean quite a busy person these days. So how have you been handling the whole thing of like running a million projects now with Dash when you before were kind of not running any of them? Uh, I mean, it's it's busy, but it's not it's not too busy. Mm -hmm. It's 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 just the right amount. Um, I'm actually kind of taking it intentionally slower and more mm -hmm. methodical. So uh, I think we've actually been a little too quick on some of the things with the incubator. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm kind of intentionally stepping off the gas a little bit, uh, pulling the foot off the gas and, and, uh, letting it coast for a while. And well, might, that's uh, good. Yeah. Um, let's see. So we got no one, it says no one via YouTube, but I shared the link. So hopefully Kente Stefano was yelling at me, um, <laughs> about, you know, oh, where's the YouTube link? I want to see YouTube link, whatever. There's allegedly <laughs> five people watching on Odyssey, which is nice. Um, oh, nice. but yeah, so, oh, we got our first YouTube person. Um, Hey, YouTube person. Um, yeah. Cause all the Odyssey people could have just, they just needed to stick to the, um, the same link as the last podcast and it's just on the, on the new one. So anyway, well, anyway, just let me know as things go on people. Um, Hey, one person <laughs> it's funny that might be one time which would be hilarious the one person is one time but uh people start jumping on soon enough uh, i'll just run this intro and then we can just get right into it So hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Friday. It's Friday once again. Hope you had a good week, and everyone, um, and I hope you enjoyed the last podcast if you watched it. But if you didn't, it's okay. Um, some of you can live in a dash bubble forever. I don't mind it. So uh, welcome to the Dash Podcast. I have the wonderful and one and only Ryan Gall joining me today. How's it going, man? It's going good. Thanks, Joel. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, it's. I guess the general subject of this whole thing is basically the evolution of the bounty-based systems of incentivizing stuff to get done in Dash. And basically, so to give the background, right, I believe you were always an advocate of a bounty-based sort of system in Dash from like the early days. And then at some point, Andy Freer, the former architect of Dash, decided to leave Dashcore group and focus on his own stuff. One of these was this. And so he basically started this thing called the Dash Incubator, which is basically a radically transparent, or at least, you know, in structure, a transparent system of incentivizing people with the bounty kind of thing where everyone gets paid no matter what they do, or everyone gets paid for what they do. And everyone can kind of propose a new idea, a new app, a collaboration kind of a thing. And yeah, just kind of run like that. And that was, I guess, you know, was successful enough to where people really liked. It was one of the highest voted proposals in recent Dash history. And then a bunch of people started encouraging me to start an offshoot of that. And basically, as an official fork of the incubator, 
Uh, I started the Dash Marketing Hub, which I guess fully officially launches, you know, sometime tonight or whenever the super block hits. And Ryan has been kind enough to kind of help join as one of the admins to basically have the superior experience because you're involved in the beginning stages or pretty early on in the incubator. And then Andy Freer decided, hey, I'm I'm taking a break. I'm taking off. Hey, Ryan, you want to you want to drive the boat by? (laughs) So now hot potato. Now you got it. And so that's kind of like the recap of where we are today. Is that kind of accurate? Yep. Yeah, that, that's pretty accurate. Uh, when I saw Andy's project, I was definitely all over that because mm-hmm. um, for a while now, I, I noticed uh, the, an issue in Dash where people would submit proposals to the network. They'd promise to do a bunch of stuff. Um, and then the performance on that was sometimes anywhere between like awesome and even above expectation or sometimes as low as like total scam. Uh, yes. So it, it was clear that the the right model was something where people did the work first and then got paid. Um, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's it's not really possible for us in in Dash. Like we don't have, um, I don't I don't think we have the tooling for that at the at the treasury level at the super block level. Uh, actually, we we do, but mm-hmm. it's it's more of a a man power issue and just a risk issue. Some people don't like the idea of doing um, like a month's worth of work and then just hoping that a proposal would pass. And so we got that situation where people were just asking for grants and, you know, with plans and that didn't really work too well. So I think, I think this is the right model where one semi-trusted person kind of gets a, uh, a collection of dash to then distribute in that way where they're distributing it after work is done. Mm-hmm. Um, but that pot of dash initially has to go to somebody. And uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, we're both going to be filling that role um, mm-hmm. me with the incubator and you with the, the marketing hub. Yeah. I mean, at least for the time being. Uh, so I think that that's, this is a very fascinating subject. And by the way, I should just say, um, anyone wants to ask questions, please feel free to do so in any of the live chat stuff. Uh, cointr.e slash the desert links, you can even dash donation to a super chat. Someone who is not one time, try it out. See if you can send like a few cents and see if it works. Because one time, every time he does a generous donation, it just shows up like a week later. It's crazy. And Cointree is being like actively developed right now. The guy who's running it is handing it off to someone else. So hopefully that'll work a little bit better. But one time, I will read all your stuff as if you paid for every one of them because you've paid in the past, so good going. But yeah, so everyone, feel free to ask questions. Now, uh, as far as this whole... I'm very interested in how decentralized governance moves along because the world is centralized, right? There is, you know, people run a company, like someone who owns, you know, everything runs everything. Governments are largely centralized entities with depending on which one some semi-decentralization of certain elements like like a representative democracy type thing um, and there's a lot of issues that crop up around this mostly uh, no matter how specifically decentralized something can seem like there's always the uh, to, you have to trust someone to execute it 
Like what is legal? What isn't? That's easy enough to, to create a system where good behaviors incentivize bad behaviors not. And there that doesn't leave room for corruption, I guess, but then corruption happens anyway because the people interpreting the law decide to do whatever else. And so the entire reason we have decentralized governance is so we don't have to trust anyone to actually execute these rules. So Dash has a ba pretty basic system where if you run a masternode, meaning you have at least a thousand Dash and are using that to then run part of the crucial infrastructure, you can vote on treasury proposals. Anyone can put up a thing before the question before the network, which can either be a question or but it always comes with the money amount. Basically, I have this idea, pay me. And then you vote yes or no. If a net 10% of the votes go through at the end of the voting cycle, that person gets the money and there's nothing really you can do to stop it unless they screwed up by putting the wrong kind of address format or something and then it doesn't pay out or whatever. But basically that's as simple as it is. And that basically makes it so that anyone can work for Dash Anyone can ask a question, like a governance question, or like basically anyone can pull the network and no one can stop it. Now, where that turns into practicality, it's a little bit of a blunt instrument. So uh, first off, do you have, at what point did you start to realize that this system might not be 100% sufficient on its own? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know, kind of early on, I guess. It's... Mm -hmm. I've never been one of those guys that's just, you know, like a, de a decentralization maximalist, I mm -hmm. guess you could say. To me, it's never been about decentralization as an end. It's always been decentralization as a means. Mm -hmm. And sometimes decentralization is the proper means, and sometimes it's actually something that gets in the way. Mm. Uh, if you can get the value out of something and the robustness the security out of it in a centralized way that's more efficient then then that's actually probably a better way to go because it's usually easier to do that um, but it's not always the better way to go especially when it comes to you know lo very long-term scaling and uh you know robustness against uh, things like attacks and whatnot mm -hmm. um so decentralization we need that um and as far as like to answer your question, so it's more about building uh, an organization and a structure that can scale out and work well um, without kind of the without those challenges that you that you faced with a centralized corporation, for example. Yeah, I think that the corporation. Uh, and there's there's uh, there's all sorts of theories of the firm, um, and there's a reason that they they form, and they formed a long time ago, but it's not sh it's not clear whether those kind of formations and those kind of systems are appropriate for for today for today and today's technology. So I guess we're all experimenting with this whole DAO thing to see like what are the actual differences uh, from what I've seen. I've done a lot of research, uh, especially now that, you know, I've, I've heard, I've known that I'm going to be kind of leading the incubator uh, as the PO. Uh, I wanted to know what is going on out there. Mm -hmm, like in the course. Ethereum space, there's DAOs everywhere, basically now. There's there's DAOs everywhere, and these DAOs have a lot of money. <laughs> especially so if we're they're all Ethereum. experimenting. 
yeah, we're all experimenting on, on the best way to, to deploy that capital in, in, a mo in the most efficient and effective way. And I think, you know, some, some people, uh, like, like the Shapeshift DAO is a good example. They're, they've got a lot of traction, even after the short amount of time that they've been uh, transitioning into a DAO. I was just on one of their uh, calls yesterday just to, just to see how they were doing uh, their organization. And it was amazing. Like they had hundred people on the call, um, and seemed like they were doing really good things. So there's a lot that we can learn from, uh, other organizations. I think even, even if we were the pioneers, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be at the forefront all the time. We have to continually improve and, uh, monitor the, the tooling that's available to us, make sure that we're, we're using the best tools and, and the best, uh, incentive models. Yeah, and so what basically uh, do you feel, uh, before we start talking more specifically about incubator stuff type stuff and the hub and all that, what specifically do you feel that the Dash governance system or the, da the, the treasury specifically, right, is lacking that needs to be, that needed something like, you know, the incubator model to improve upon it? Uh, sorry, can you just uh, rephrase that one more time? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I threw too many word salad things in there. Basically, from researching the way DAOs work and you, the way, you saw, see the way the Dash Treasury works, what what is lacking in the Dash Treasury? But specifically, what is lacking in the Dash Treasury that the incubator model solves, kind of? Yeah, okay. I think the, the one thing is being... Uh, being able to deploy more resources, more uh, bodies, I guess you could say. Like, it's very difficult to uh, it's very difficult to approach the DAO uh, with the five dash proposal fee. It's going to be reduced, but still, mm -hmm. you're you're still dealing with five thousand uh, different voters um, and all the different personalities that you're you're trying to navigate. So it, it's hard to get started. And I think that's one of the reasons why, um, well, uh, I won't go down to that rabbit hole, but <laughs> it, it's very difficult to get started just, just working for Dash. Uh, so this incubator model uh, gives people a lower bar, a lower barrier to entry, mm -hmm. which I think is, is really important. And then people can kind of try out working for Dash. It, It'd be, it, you'd be amazed by how long it takes just to get people up to speed on like, here's how you accept a payment. And you got to, you know, you have to, to every person, you have to explain like how Dash works and how they get their, their, their wallet set up and, and what they can do with that to tra to transfer that into to Fiat if they need to, all of that stuff. Um, these are things that we need to be, we need to be doing with people, but um yeah, it, it takes a lot of manpower to do that. And I think that we need some kind of uh, incubator model uh, that, well, actually many, many of them so that we can handhold these people into working for Dash. Yeah, and so there's a few different like models. And there's, a, so the way the DAO, the way the Dash treasury works is you make a promise, you get money. And that's it. And the entire Dash network, like everyone, not, not everyone who uses Dash, but everyone who 
can vote, i.e. a masternode or a someone who is involved in a partial masternode system or a vote delegate or anyone who can vote, you, whatever you ask, you ask all of them. And so first off, uh, the quality control stuff isn't there because of you can't just you can't build a or it has not yet been built at least at the protocol level a system that allows for funds to be released after a certain amount of stuff or like some more complicated stuff it's just you ask for money boom you get it and more importantly when you do the actual money ask your managers are like five thousand different people kind of not really five thousand but like you know let's say at mm -hmm. least a few hundred or, or a couple thousand maybe but like there's a bunch of different people. And so the more people and requests, there's a natural human scaling limit to that. Whereas if there was 150 proposals every month, none of them would get any attention. Like people would just like, yes, no, yes, no, whatever, or just like shut down and abdicate entirely. Uh, that's just, you know, not going to work. But on the other hand, you know, you don't want like five people deciding everything. So uh, basically what a incubator style model what the bounty model does is you take a manager let's just say right now because in the future we're going to try to hopefully decentralize this thing a little bit but let's just take a manager says i think i can run a tight you know relatively decentralized open super transparent system to basically pay people and all you guys got to do you a couple thousand masters or whatever you just got to see how my project's doing on the overall ask me questions and then you know decide to fund this project or not and then there can be like let's just say five of those people and like dash core group let's just imagine a doubt like the doubt like that and that then it's like that's few few enough people to, to deal with to interact with that that actually works on the traditional treasury model but then on each of these subsets now first off you have a team of people who are actually like like they're not passive investors kind of their their job as an admin is to actually oversee the work and so they have a, there's a lot more attention for the number of people that you get involved trying to ask for the money and then you actually have a system of criteria for funding these things like all right let me hear your idea okay what's is that good or not let's see if a couple people sign off on that okay how exactly is the work going to do Let's make sure you have a good specification thing. And then you know, when you end up actually doing the work, you have some people overseeing quality control, and then you get paid bit by bit for the work, not, oh, let's see, let, like, let's just hire you for the month and then pay you at the end of the month for whatever, it's, or at the beginning. It's just bit by bit. So it's, it's kind of like the opposite of the, the DAO in that it doesn't require everyone's attention. It's just a very small subset of focused people instead of a large subset of unfocused people. And then the money is not just given out, it's given out in small increments based on certain criteria with lots of, you know, in theory, quality control in between. So that's just kind of, it's kind of, um, I almost would call the bounty system a governance scaling solution, <laughs> you know? Because it kind of allows governance to scale to a certain extent. Yeah, it's it's governance and it's also it's also funding, um, mm -hmm. and the way that I see, like there's a, there's a couple different approaches. Like you've already mentioned, um, you could you could give one organization all five thousand dash per month mm -hmm. that the super block 
uh, yields mm-hmm. and then have basically one person on the top that's kind of overseeing all of that that allocation. And that has been proposed before. And that has been proposed before, and there would be pros and cons to that approach. Um, and it, it's like a, like we've said before, it's, it's just finding that right balance. And I think if you back it all the way out to the super block and the, the masternode owners, you have to kind of start from there mm-hmm. and, and, and ask yourself, how many proposals could the masternode owners actually give a decent look at? And I, I would say that number is probably somewhere between 10 and 20. If you did, if you, you took that to be 10, uh, just for a nice, easy round number, that's basically, and if you took DCG out of the mix, again, mm-hmm. just for some easy math. Yeah, of course. 10, 10, 10, 10 major proposals hitting the network, 500 dash each. Um, that would be pretty easy to manage from the masternodes perspective. Like they can manage the value that these 10 proposals are producing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's still quite a bit of money. Like that, that's actually exactly what, what I asked for in our last proposal was 500 dash. And, um, that's, that's kind of a lot of money to, to manage still. And, and I couldn't probably do that very well if, if, if we didn't have admins that were doing their part. Uh, and the way that I see the incubator kind of moving into the future is that, uh, instead of, instead of me kind of managing that whole pot, I'd be basically doling, uh, let's say a hundred dash out to each of five admins. And then they would be Mm. responsible for their 100 dash, just like I'm responsible for the collective 500 dash. And they might choose to take that a step further and take their 100 dash and dole that out, you know, 20 dash to five different uh, managers that they're, they're kind of, uh, I guess you could say, not employing, but uh, giving responsibility to. And so you have these different little pots of, of delegation and it's each one of those can then kind of control just that little part of it. And I think that's where the quality control would really come from is giving, uh, it is kind of hierarchical, but that's, that's just how you have to do it to scale. Uh, flat structures don't scale very well, at least it's, it's, it's tricky. So, one thing that's interesting in all that, and we're talking about um, the scaling from the one treasurer slash PO proposal owner of this this model uh, down to basically disintermediating the role into several different kind of people. Uh, so first off, we're talking about scaling, right? And so, uh, I mean, Andy created this thing. Andy was the guy who asked for the money. Andy's the guy who gave out the money. Andy's the guy who recruited other admins. And at what first off, there's like centralization, decentralization kind of discussions that one could have on that thing. But just from the scaling perspective, in your perspective from watching Andy do this stuff and then also you yourself doing this stuff after he left, do you think that the one, the single proposal owner behind the incubator hit a scaling limit where it's just like, this is too much for one person to do this 
aspect of the role? Um, if, if the role was limited just to doing writing the proposal, then maybe not. Mm -hmm. But I think that's exactly why Andy made a major change at one point to to kind of give these admins mm -hmm. a very key role. Um, and, you know, I, I had many, many conversations with Andy. And, and at one point, he, he mentioned that the, the future of the incubator, the success of the incubator lies in the admins hands, basically, because mm -hmm. he knew that he, he couldn't manage all the all the people. I mean, we have over 100 developers in the incubator. And uh, we, we could talk more about that later if you want. Yeah. But most of those aren't really being most of that talent isn't being deployed very effectively, uh, even now. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, Andy or, or any one person trying to keep 10 people, uh, 100 people uh, efficient and effective and happy and uh, productive, it's just not possible. Um, so, you know, I, I, volunteered very early on to try to help with uh, when I volunteered, there was just one person doing kind of admin stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, I volunteered to, to help out with that being on the other side of the planet. Um, but it's become apparent to me that, that we need a lot more of that even. And I, I'm, that's kind of my main objective and my main focus right now is, is figuring out the right incentive models, compensation models uh, to retain good talent and attract new talent. Um, mm. Because that's what been one of our major challenges um, is, is retaining talent. And part of that has to do with, I think, the, uh, the incentive model, the, the compensation model. Um, part of it also has to do with, you know, a very frustrating experience with, with platform in, at, at times, uh, including, I think Andy, you know, at, we all pretty much read his message and, and where, where he was on that, uh, that contributed as well, but anything that can help retain that talent, including the incentive model, uh, we should try to, to fine tune that as much so that even in spite of, uh, bugs and challenges that we face with the actual development work, we're keeping our talent, we're keeping uh, our developers happy. And part of that, I think, is is offloading the responsibility for them to take care of the value. So like, it's not the developer's role, it's not the developer's job to uh, make sure that they're contributing valuable work. It's That's the job of their leader, their, their admin mm -hmm. of, the, of the project that they're working on. They should be, they should have the freedom to just kind of do the development work and not have to worry about, oh, is this, you know, are the people going to vote for this? Are the people going to like this? No, that's, that's like the owner, the, that's the bounty owner. Sometimes we've called it the bounty owner, mm -hmm. which gives this sense of, Ownership. I, I own this thing and therefore I have to prove its value. And it doesn't make, it doesn't mean that the developers can't be thinking of that stuff, but it just means that they can focus on development. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's kind of sort of start from the beginning on the incubator and then roll into the, the marketing hub. So when we talk about the incubator, um, 
and I'll explain my understanding again, someone who basically copied the model and, you know, made a couple tweaks of like how it was. And then we can go into what about it was different and changed and is now like, you know, more, more like specific. So first off, I think that for me, one of the things that it wasn't so much just the decentralization or even scalability of this that attracted me. A big part of that was the um, the open collaboration kind of mindset, but also the radical transparency. That's the part that got me really thinking because, uh, and I'll just be really like honest on this. One of the things that really annoyed the crap out of me, because, you know, I worked for the Dash DAO for a couple of years at least, like end of 2016, I think starting then to, you know, the end of 2019, early 2021, or any 2019, early 2020, uh, mostly for a thing called Dash Force, and I did my own proposals and stuff too for specific events. And one thing that I, you know, I'm not sure if you could say like in retrospect was wrong, but in retrospect, I would definitely do it differently. And it was a real pain in the butt was I hate, like I hate paperwork. I just do. And more importantly, like, I was always supremely confident that I was doing my best to be honest, trustworthy, and hardworking. And the task of communicating that to the general public really annoyed me because I try my best to communicate it. Sometimes it's like, yeah, well, what are you hiding? There's a big thing about, oh, yeah, you guys are, like, taking big salaries and, like, doing nothing. And, like, in the meantime, I was in my third month of no no salary straight because I paid it to the employees under me because the valuation went down. And then of course, if everyone asked my girlfriend about all those stressful times, you you can, but like the thing that really got me going about the incubator was I don't have to like, look, you don't have to really say anything to anyone. They just look at it and it's all there. And also it makes it like, you don't have to, it's a, it's a, I think it's an integrity booster too. Like even if you're a person with natural integrity, it helps you become act in a better way, seeing that it's all transparent. And like, for example, just now trying to do stuff with the, the marketing hub, every time that like someone, you know, approves a like, oh yeah, let's just move this concept over into this, this, you know, territory right now. And it's like, wait, we didn't complete one of the steps in our rules. I got that little bead of sweat of like, oh, some trolls watching. <laughs> he's he's, he's going to think we're doing shady business just because someone, one of the admins is new and didn't figure out like, no, 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 move it back over there. Now let's go through the process of adding this other person. Let's follow our procedure. And just the, the extra transparency, whereas before I would have just been like much more lackadaisical about that. And it would have had the same net result. Just the transparency, like the the way that makes you on top of things, I think really helps, especially since like, a big thread has been, uh, what are we paying for? And this has been, I, the two that have been subject of this discussion, and by the way, by saying that this is, by just honestly saying it's been a subject of discussion, is not a condemnation of either project. But for example, the Dash Mall and parking lot thing, a lot of people have questions and just don't know what's going on or don't know what the ROI is or just haven't verified the merchants or whatever else, which I completely sympathize with them having to provide this info. Like how do you like the, the communication barrier between what you're doing and what other people see. And of course also dash core group. And as far as like, well, how far was, you know, 
how far was platform along before it was realized that there would be a delay on this thing that wasn't communicated. You guys didn't say this. Oh my God. Like, and assuming a hundred percent good faith on both projects, it's still a big problem that there's this information gulf that you can't just have someone like peep in and say, I see how it's going. And I trust you guys. You're not scamming us or, Oh, that's a problem right there. We need to do that. So that's the big part of this thing. Uh, I guess I got that. Um, anything to add on that before I rant on just a slight bit more? Uh, yeah. 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 One of the nice things about the, uh, the incubator and the hub is that every single duff is accounted for. So if somebody does want to know where, where is the money going, they can find out. Now, one of the challenges with that or not challenges, but one of the kind of results of that, as I've seen it, is that actually not a lot of people are looking. I'm surprised that um, <laughs> I'm surprised that we've received less scrutiny than we have actually. And maybe, maybe that's because, you know, there's, it's like, there's that nothing to hide Oh, that it's all transparent. They've got nothing to hide. Therefore we don't really have anything to criticize, but um, I would like to make things going forward, not just, uh, not just transparent, but apparent, like what we are actually accomplishing mm -hmm. because we haven't, really done that as well as I'd like to do it where, where we actually demonstrate what we're actually building. So mm. moving forward, uh, you know, I've, I've got a goal to have some kind of a demo day where some like a week or something before each quarter, which we would be uh, putting our proposals in mm -hmm. to have most or most, if not all, uh, of the bounties have some kind of have the admins over those bounties present something like this is the status of this project or this is the result of this of this quarter's work. Mm -hmm. uh, so that even though it's always been transparent where the money is going and what we're working on to make it a little bit easier to present what we've been working on. Yeah. Oh. Before I move on with that original thing, one time did ask a question here. This is hi, Joel and Ryan. Do you think governance might work better if sometimes there could be a vote? Um, well, just move past there. It could be a vote with multiple voting options instead of just yes, no, or abstain. Or would that make things too complicated? So I guess for the, the purposes, this could mean a million different things. So let's, um, let's keep it pared down to the DAO, the Dash Treasury. Just imagine logging into Dash Central or whatever and doing the voting and having more than just a yes, no, abstain option. Do you think that could help or do you think that would be too complicated? I think at the network level, the, the super block treasury level, uh, it's probably best to keep it as simple as possible. Yes, mm -hmm. no. But we can do a lot of experimentation uh, at the sub level at at the hub level, at the mm -hmm. incubator level, I, I know that, you know, I have plans to experiment with some of that stuff mm -hmm. to where, uh, because that, you know, a product and, and deliverables aren't binary. Sometimes, sometimes they are, and it's nice if they are, you know, pass fail. Yeah. But in most cases, it's actually a gradient uh, where it's like, yeah, they've, 
this 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 task is technically done. These four tasks were technically done. Uh, these parts of the spec were technically done, but they're but the quality isn't great. And so we need to, or, or on the other hand, the quality is like above expectations. So we need to account for that somehow. Mm -hmm. And that might take the form of some kind of a system where uh, the admin, when they're approving tasks, uh, approving claims, they have a little bit more uh, more options to say like this was above expectation or this was some somewhat below expectation or this was kind of at expectation yeah and there might yeah. be some kind of uh, price impact for that a uh, little bit of a you know 10 percent raise or a 10 percent deduction or something like that so that it's not completely binary mm -hmm. um yeah i'm not sure if that fully answered one time's question there but but yeah like the the major the major takeaway there is that i do plan to experiment with some of these uh different options as far as voting goes uh, so that's not just yes no yeah and i would agree so one thing the bonus thing is something that i didn't really specifically think of but now that you mentioned it i'm probably going to figure something out with that with the marketing hub, one thing that I had uh, obviously try to keep the, the rules as like close to the incubator as possible, just to like get things started and just a few notable tweaks. But one thing that I would I really would like to do in subsequent uh, months or cycles is have a half payment thing for someone who technically checked the boxes, but just did not really deliver a good quality product. And so like, not just like a, well, 10% less because we don't want people to get in the habit of doing shoddy stuff. This is more like a, a consolation prize of like, okay, you did, you checked the boxes, but it was kind of crap. <laughs> and we don't want to just say no money and get you off. Like we want to just say, all right, this is, this follows the criteria, but it's not good enough. Here's your like half way prize this is what we are looking for in the future and then if they do two in a row then you just not going to give them any more chances right two in a row like half quality work and just because we've had a lot of those things where it's just like you really you have to that binary you don't get paid despite actually doing the work or you do get paid as if you did a good job even though it was pretty nasty it wasn't good at all and so having that like all right, here's a, here's something or like as a sign of you didn't do it, you didn't do a good job, but here's some money for it anyway. And also like a, a way of like a performance plan to get better kind of thing would be good. And I think that for possibly even rarer occasions, it might, now that you mentioned it, make sense to do a, like a 50% bonus if someone does outstanding work. Not just like good. We don't want not quality work, by the way. We don't want middle of the road. We want quality work every time. But if someone does something that just like blows you away, then have a little something to be like, wow, this is so slick. We're going to give you some extra. So yeah, I think that's a good um, that's a good uh, idea. And hopefully that answers your question one time. But to just wrap up on the, uh, the bounty sim. So radically transparent. And then the other thing is basically the proposal owner at the beginning gets, you know, got all the money and got to appoint admins and, you know, allow in members to the, the board, the Trello board, as it were. And basically any admin can approve 
a concept that someone writes in. I have an idea. I want to do this. They can approve it. And then when they're owning the card, they can kind of approve the work that goes in on that. And sometimes you can have a secondary admin, but sometimes you can't or sometimes you don't. And it just kind of like work. That's kind of like the base structure of the thing. So what what has changed about the structure that comes to your mind since the beginning of this whole thing to where it is right now? Uh, well, the, the secondary admin thing was, was a change, mm. um, that we introduced, uh, kind of midstream mid midway between the bounties in, in the incubators history. And that was basically to, to help if, if admins were wanting to do some of the work themselves, uh, on a bounty, then they, mm -hmm. they could do that and they, they wouldn't have, uh, you can't approve your own work, obviously. Yes. So you'd need a second second person to to approve work that you were doing so that that's the major major rule and in, in both of our organizations is that uh you know basically anybody can do any task but you can't approve your own tasks yeah <laughs> um and then beyond that well yeah i, I don't know i've got a lot of ideas of, of things that i want to try but uh for the next two months i basically told in my last proposal i've said that we're just going to keep business as usual. Mm -hmm. uh, but after that, I'm going to, I'm going to start throwing, well, even before that, I'm going to start throwing some of these ideas out to our admins and seeing, seeing what they like and what they don't. Um, uh, but yeah, there, there's some changes going to be coming up. What, what changes did you have in mind? Yeah. So, uh, obviously, so let me just, um, in fact, it might actually make sense to, um, Oh, never mind. I'll I'll just go off a of memory of what I changed from the rules. So one thing, when I got the official rules approved by Andy and stuff, as far as official incubator fork, which to um, Great Wolf just had a funny comment says like approving your own invoices, fluffy pony style. <laughs> good um good contemporary reference there. But uh, as far as the rules, so the the incubator has a DFO Kickstarter uh, function, which basically Andy's original vision, which I don't know if you're going to keep doing, but is that the incubator can kickstart other incubators, other basically bounty-based systems that are very similar in the entire way it runs. And so as far as that, basically that gives the initial funding of the proposal fee for this, but also pays for the actual creation of the uh, the rules and the founding documents and the actual proposal itself for the initial one. So that basically whoever wants to start a, a approved similar system gets not only gets the proposal fee fronted, but gets paid a little bit for their time that they spend like the long hours writing up rules and approving stuff and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of what I mean by like the official incubator fork as I you know, mentioned in the proposal. But basically uh, the few rules that I saw fit to modify other than just to where it's it was a little too code based, as in too developer centric, and it just changed the wording and stuff to make it more more for marketing and promo, and, and like for example, Creative Commons licenses or public domain stuff instead of MIT licensed you know open source software. You know, uh, one of them is first off, I didn't I made it so that two admins would have to approve any concept, so that uh, instead of one, like so say someone says. Oh, I have this great idea, like for this app, and then one admin's like, "Sure," and they and you let it in. 
um, I want to have like a minimum of like an extra set of eyes on that because otherwise I like, I don't want terrible ideas to come in, especially because to actually execute those ideas on a non code based system is much easier and it's much more public facing. So like the stakes are kind of raised. So if in, of a someone in the incubator says, I want to build up this app. And then it's a stupid idea. <laughs> but one admin says, oh, I like it. And they get the concept to prove it. And then there you go. And then this person, first off, if it's stupid, I don't know if the specifications pass muster. But if let's just say they make some good specifications, it works. That gets done. And then let's say to actually build out the app, like it's, it's so much more difficult to reach the final product. And even when you do, what if it's just like, what if it sucks? Well, no one needs to hear about it other than if you're digging through the Trello boards of what happened. But what if someone creates this like dash promotional campaign or like we're going to, you know, uh, advertise dashes like, you know, a criminal's form of digital cash because if criminals can use it, anyone can use it kind of like some awful idea. And then it goes out there, it could cause a ton of harm. So it's like two things on that thing. The one is you need at least two admins to approve it before it even get the, the idea even gets through. And then the second one is if it has to be a net of two admins. So this is the only explicit governance case that we kind of have in there. But basically if an admin approves and the second one approves, you know, it's in, but then if someone else says, I hate the idea, they can downvote it. And then all of a sudden you have a net of one. And basically by the total amount of participating voting admins is the amount of days that it has before like the voting is concluded. But basically then like, let's say there's 10 admins and then you get eight, four, or like you, you got like, you know, four, four and like five against or something, then it just can't the concept won't be approved or whatever. Basically if it's um, like seven, four, two against, or However it shakes out at the end of the, the period is how the thing ends up shaking out. But basically it gives an opportunity for, usually you should not have all the, let's just say in this case, 10 admins up when I mean, we got seven right now, but let's just say 10. It doesn't need a 10 to approve an idea, just two, that's it. But if it's controversial and someone starts saying no, then all of a sudden you start getting in more people and it's kind of like a, you know, kind of like an avalanche style effect where you just get one after the other until you like a runoff sort of voting thing. It, yeah, it's uh, basically it's it's kind of um, mirroring the actual <clears throat> the actual treasury where mm -hmm. it, the the criteria to pass is ten percent the net ten percent yes votes yeah. uh, of the total master nodes, and this is something similar where it's a net positive number of admins. Uh, so yeah, I like that model actually, um, proposed that model in, in the incubator as well, uh, earlier. And, uh, at the time Andy decided, oh, let's just keep it, keep it one admin. But I think that I probably will, will change that as well. If I don't do something, unless I, unless I think that we need some bigger, bigger type of change that makes that kind of a thing obsolete, which sounds kind of, uh, cryptic but i've got something in my mind that might uh kind of make that two net two admin thing a little bit obsolete uh but i wow. have to kind of run that run that by the admins that we have so far and see see what they think of it but uh in general 
just to go back really quick mm -hmm. to to your point about um bootstrapping and, and uh kickstarting other incubators i do want to i do want to run with that idea i mm. love that idea of we're not just we're not just incubating shout out to xkcd i know you love the term <laughs> um, we're not just uh incubating projects mm -hmm. we're incubating teams and so one of the one of the challenges like i said earlier is how does somebody who's interested in dash start getting involved with working for dash and it's very difficult to uh very difficult to do that with the treasury uh not only because that makes a high burden to the masternode owners if they're getting more and more proposals hitting them uh, but it's also uh, risky and, and expensive and, you know, you, you got to have a thick skin to go through that comment section of Dash yeah. Central as well. Also known as a um, Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah. That's what I call it. Yeah. So if we, if we can kind of uh, make a, a more open and welcoming way to, to, to bootstrap a team in, mm. uh, to, of working for Dash in, in various capacities... You know, I want to I want to help that, including actually bootstrapping teams that that may eventually compete with uh, our own our own organization. Uh, this is one of the discussions that Andy and I had uh, earlier on is is whether whether we should do something like that. And I'm definitely for that approach. Uh, like I think that competition always breeds higher value and lower costs in the long run. Um, so, so yeah, getting to a point where, you know, if, if some admin wanted to uh, kind of create his own team and essentially graduate from the incubator, mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of go, go off the cords and whatnot and uh, the ventilator, um, then they could, we we'd, we would help them create their own team that that could then propose their uh, you know give their value proposition to the network instead. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, th those ideas I like them. Yeah. So the the fun thing about that is um, it adds a kind of it is what one could call redundant in a completely neutral sense of the word not a negative because usually you say redundant if you're trying to insult something but it would maybe kind of a redundancy in that you already have a team that does this exact same thing but now you have a different one with possibly different rules definitely different members and rather it you know kind of makes sense from like master's perspective to just look at it and fund one except what if you have different approaches and you can't parallel run different approaches on the exact same team. You kind of have to split off and do A-B testing. And so yeah. the thing about A-B testing is it's kind of, I, I absolutely believe in this. And I also think is it's, it's kind of a, maybe, maybe I don't, maybe the size of the incubator currently is big enough that it can kind of afford this. It seems like a little bit of a luxury since the incubator itself to a certain extent is a is an A-B testing of, Dash core group development in that there's the, the developers who are funded by Dash and now there's a, a radically different system funding developers. And then kind of the same thing with the marketing hub. There is Dash core group marketing. Hey, shout out to Arden, hi. Uh, doing, you know, paying, doing marketing stuff, like official 
stuff and I'm taking a radically different approach. And I, in both of these cases, there's a little bit of, um, there's little overlap, I think, where it's, I think that they're much more complementary. I like, for example, all the dApps that are being built and stuff from the incubator. I don't think that that's being done by DCG or is it's on their radar ever kind of, and the same thing with, you know, the marketing hub type stuff, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing there, or, I mean, obviously this could change when people propose new ideas, but a lot of stuff that needs being done is just not under the scope of dashboard group marketing at all. And so, Right now, there isn't that real direct competition level, but semi-competition is like, so for example, if you had a, a second development incubator, then that would be, I'm sure not perfect overlap. I'm sure there'd be, oh, this one's doing more of this stuff, this one's doing more of this stuff, but there would be some sort of overlap and competition, and I think that would kind of cause both to, to get better. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I want to say something about the redundancy thing because uh, in my in my former career, I was a mechanical engineer and I did energy industrial mm -hmm. energy efficiency consulting. So I would go around uh, manufacturing facilities and look at ways that they were using energy and, and, and recommend ways that they could reduce their costs and then become more efficient, things like that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I ran into was some of these plants, uh, like sawmills and, and paper plants, things like that, it it was not redundancy was not only a nuisance; it was just absolutely a necessity. Like mm -hmm. your compressed air system, for example, you have to have two x at least two x capacity as your demand, so mm -hmm. that if something fall if something fails in compressor room A compressor room B can, can run the entire plant. Mm. Um, and so it, it's not, it's not even an option. It, you just have to have it. Uh, so, and it, more is, is better. Obviously it's a little bit more expensive, but it, the risk is too high. And I think if we have, if we had some of that in place, then I think that like you were saying, like some of it's complementary and some of it's just like you, you need that redundancy and you need the competition to, to help things. Uh, even if people are working on the same kind of thing, it, it is helpful to, to keep that competition to, to, to keep people sharp and uh, yeah. producing high value. So well, that, just wanted to thing. throw that in there. Competition, uh, I believe, especially so competition where it's a co-op, uh, a cooperative, collaborative environment, right? Not, not like, a you know, competing countries that are trying to, you know, fight it. Well, like as long as there's a peaceful relationship between both and all that kind of stuff, but competition increases efficiency, right? Because you have those market pressures of this person is going to do the same thing as you, but better, you better find new innovative ways of doing even better. And yep. so the thing is redundancy is, as you mentioned, expensive. Um, it's so basically the idea is, but not redundancy can be even more expensive. Yes. <laughs> like, so like I was saying. that's where the economic calculation we all have to make is, uh, first off does, is the redundancy, um, is the redundancy going to actually save you money, which it may not, it may just be like insurance to where you have like life insurance, but you don't die prematurely. So you end you know, that it does 
you don't need it, but in, in case you did need it, you really are glad that you had it. And But the other thing is, by pr- introducing this kind of competition, hopefully you can make enough efficiency gains to pay for the redundancy, even if the redundancy doesn't save you any money in the end. So, well, which, like, so for example, I'm going to take a example of Dash Core Group Development, which there's a lot of good work being done, a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff I don't know about, whatever. Don't take this as like a dig at all. But uh, Dash Platform has been delayed beyond expectations repeatedly. And some of that has been due to, again, you know, not divulging too much, but some of that has been due to things that went wrong. Right. It's not just, oh, well, it took longer, but like some things went wrong. Now, if there were competing teams, for example, working on this, you know, complementary yet competing, um, would there have been, would, would a platform be out by now or within a month or so, for example? Maybe. Who knows? That's, and that's a thing to, to keep in mind of like what happens when something happens that just doesn't work out. And so, that's kind of my thing with uh, the marketing and promo stuff is, and part of that is just like, it's just work is not being done, period. It just, there's a lot of stuff that's just not being done that we need to get done. Uh, on the other hand, hopefully over time, there is a competitive effect and a redundant effect as well to where, oh, these guys are competing for like more media hits or whatever. And then there's also a, what happens if this team fails we, the thing, the essential thing still gets done. And that when you're mentioning about like tr- hopefully kickstarting other incubators, I, my personal thing, and obviously this has, you might see things differently because you're much more intimate with the incubator itself and the development needs and what's being done right and what isn't being done right. But what I would like to see is the next one wouldn't be a separate development incubator, but would be a business development hub of sorts. And that's something that um, on a, just a super off the cuff thing on that, I have I've noticed something about in 2017 in particular, 2017, 2018, um, there was a lot of business development integration type successes going on. Partially might have been like bigger teams, but I think also resources where Dashcore Group could pay someone, say, hey, we'll, we'll sign an agreement we'll do like a joint press thingy. We'll also give you some money to integrate this thing or like a promo thing to give a discount and then sweeten the pot. And then also, Hey, guess what? The price is going up. Dash is top three, top five, depending on when this was or whatever. Top 10, definitely. And just, it's easy to just wham, 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 wham. Just like integration after integration, just make stuff happen. And when I was writing for Dash News, so as part of Dash Force, it just every day, week there'd be like two three new integrations for a long period of time it just was constant and then in the 2019 like 20 late 2018 early 2019 and definitely 2020 and 21 era that slowed down significantly like almost like grinding to a halt and obviously a lot of this has to do with budget reasons why a lot of things couldn't be achieved but basically a strategy for business development was successful in one way and then ended up, you know, struggling, I guess. And it would be nice to have a more grassroots kind of a way of approaching this as first off, that could absolutely fail. Let me be honest, you know, it could absolutely fail, but it also could be something that provides 
less result, like you know, fewer good results on the upswing, but more constant results on the downswing where like the same grassroots promotion of like business or like everyone, Hey, Coinbase, when are you going to add dash, blah, 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 or, or however that ends up working has kind of a more constant rate of success. Whereas when the markets do it really well, you have more people going directly to Dash or a Dash team saying we want to integrate. And also there's money for the sweet in the pot incentives. Whereas, you know, it kind of like at, would act as a redundancy in the in the strategy. But anyway, that's just my yeah. personal thing. I would really like to see a business development hub as next, but you might think that uh, extra development competition um, might be a little bit more urgent. I don't know. Uh, well, I, I would like to see I would like to see at least two organizations, two independent autonomous organizations uh, doing every aspect of, of what we need in Dash. So two development incubators, two and or two development organizations, mm -hmm. two marketing organizations, two business development organizations, two research organizations, uh, whatever, whatever our needs are, we need at least two of them at least two independent organizations doing them so that there's competition and one's not doing a great job. The other can pick up the slack. Um, and, and it doesn't have to stop with two. So I, I'd, I'd support that for sure. Um, I, I kind of wish that, um, well, with the proposal that just, uh, with, with the DCG funding thing, um, mm -hmm. I, I just, I wish DCG would have, um, would be taking less than 60%. Um, like, I just think it's too much for one organization. I, I'd like that to be done voluntarily by them. Mm. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just too much to, to defund 60% of an organization at once. So somehow I think it would be nice to figure that out. I'd also like, the, the overall treasury to expand. I think mm -hmm. that we have, uh, we're sending too much money to mining security and not enough to uh, value creation. Mm. Uh, so I'll just throw a little plug in there um, for, for the increased treasury at some point, because that would help uh, help with this kind of a question where, yeah, uh, you know, we are tight on funds and we need more developers, more business, uh, business people more marketers mm -hmm. so we need a lot more value creation and we we have enough security we have more than enough security yeah i would probably agree with that and that's been the subject of you know proposals and stuff in years prior and hopefully i get to see a revisit uh as far as like the percentage of dcg um i so i do i agree and definitely so Here's the thing. DCG was taking, I believe they self-restricted after a lot of, you know, badgering to 80% of the treasury in like the 2016 era, I believe. I seem to remember that. And then at the end of 2016, early 2017, the price went crazy. And then DCG went like, all right, we'll, we'll take at most 60. But a lot of, there were several months where they took 0%. Like it was, it because the price was so, good you know there was so much money that the dc dcg didn't have a, a significant portion of the budget you know not huge and then of course as that went down it ended up being the 60 now the problem with the 60 
in my view, which some people might disagree, from what I understand, a lot of developers were underpaid or even laid off during the lean months when other projects, you know, to a certain extent, including my own at the time, were receiving money that could have possibly been sent to to DCG to fund development. And so in that case, as much as I hate like the decentralization issues of that, I would have been more in favor of like an 80% ask from DCG to not delay platform. You know, that's like the big thing of like, you have one job. Oh God. So, but that's, I'm not super, you know, um, attached to that. Now, as far as it is 60% as a maximum, um, well, you're talking about all of what DCG does. Uh, I don't necessarily think, or again, I'm, or at, at least I'm not advocating for it here. I don't necessarily think that they need to get let that the, the same duties and even people need to get less money. I just think that, as you mentioned, the 60%, yeah. like the prospect, the, the dilemma of the 60% of the game theory of that is kind of rough to where you don't, anything of that becomes difficult. You got to kill the whole 60% and everything that goes along with it. And that's, there's a lot of people I saw commenting on proposals saying, I am very displeased with what, how you guys have been doing. I'm still voting yes. <laughs> like, oh God, here we go. Like, yeah, you don't have a choice. I yeah. mean, you can't, you can't defund DCG. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it's hard. There's no, to one time's point, there's no, there's no signal that you can give them uh, to reduce their ask or to show them that you're not, that we're not quite getting the value for what they're, what we're paying them without just voting no, which is this binary, like, I don't support you. Yes. And I've tried to tell people, uh, you know, in, in, in discord and whatnot, like a no vote doesn't necessarily mean that you want to defund any organization. It's just, it's the only tool we have to work with to show whether we're pleased with the value cost ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe there's something that we can come up with in our organizations that, that helps uh, fix that and, and helps, uh, you know, so that we can give, we meaning uh, the valuers that the, mm-hmm. the, the, like putting ourselves in a master node owner position that people can give non-binary uh, feedback. Uh, so I, I, those are the, some of the things that we, I want to work on in, in the incubator. And if they're successful, if we can prove that they're working, then maybe at some point we can uh, get those adopted at the higher level. But yeah. there's a lot of testing that we can, we can go through first. Yeah, and Herman, I will answer this stuff in just a little bit because we're, we're a little bit focused on this subject right now. Uh, it's interesting how I think that, for example, a lot of things on performance of teams, again, I was talking about I hated having to like answer for all the work I did just because I wanted it to speak for itself and didn't want to have to spend all my time trying to sell what I had already done. I just wanted to do it and then it'd be there. And a lot of people have varying levels of concepts of how well DCG is doing. And 
I mean, a lot of people, I, I think people really have like no idea. <laughs> it's always honest. a question of compared to what? Yes. Of course it's Com- compared to compared what? Compared to nothing, right? Yeah. Com- yeah. They're doing great compared to nothing. Yes. Uh, compared to this, uh, this alternative reality that we have to make in our own minds of how things could be. Yeah. They, they probably fall short. In, in, on yeah. Some of that. It, it's also just, it's not a very, um, like how is DCG? Like what? all does DCG do and what are they doing well at and what are they not doing well at is an extremely complex question that's not just a pass fail. And that's what I like about, you know, for example, um, the bounty based model in that, well, first off, you don't know, there isn't someone who's working hard and not getting properly compensated for it necessarily. And there isn't someone who's just coasting by on no work. Like if someone gets a, this is again, uh, you know, there have been times in certain organizations such as DCG where for whatever reason, a member stopped producing during a, for a meaningful period of time and yet continue to be paid for that just as a result of the system. Like it's not necessarily pinning it on a, a certain person, but yeah, it's just because of that, uh, with the incubator hub or whatever, if someone's working their ass off, they aren't complaining because they're getting the money. And if someone has like a drop off in productivity, their output goes down and then their compensation goes down. So it's not like you don't have to feel as bad or it's not a problem that someone's not producing as much necessarily. It's so it kind of solves that bit a bit, but also you get to just see the, the quality of output is always a, a um, subjective kind of a thing of admins, have to figure out is this worth it or not is this good or not and there isn't always a right or wrong answer to that and of course um, but output is not subjective necessarily it's pretty objective it's how many things did you put out and i think that having a a objective you know output like for example a lot of people already do that in the open source world like github commits and so if you look in GitHub commits, you can see how many people, how many, you know, whatever. Of course, there's a lot of, like, abstraction in there that, you know, doesn't matter. But the thing about having that transparency is then you have an actual target. You just say, oh, well, I actually see all the work that's being done. I I see that this department's actually performing quite well. Or you say, like, oh, well, I I had no idea that they were actually doing this much work. And then, because at that, there's always a difference between non-performance and like your strategy is not working. So you could say like, are these people working hard enough? Are they doing enough output? If not, cut them loose, get someone new to do it. But what if they are, but you still aren't getting the results you want, then you need to say, we need to stop. We need to shift up our strategy and prioritize like stuff that's working. Cause what we're doing that we're doing a great job of is not working. Yeah, well, I would say I would say output is is subjective. There are mm. some things that you can make objective about output. Like you, you could we could have some mm-hmm. kind of a, a a compensation model where we were compensating based on lines of code. Yeah, and that would be very objective. Uh, yeah, but of as any coder knows, that's a meaningless uh, metric. What matters really is 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 the code doing what it should be doing? Is it secure those kind of things that are very that are a lot more difficult to put a a metric on so at the end of the day 
value can only be measured mm-hmm. by what somebody else is giving up for it. And that's why, you know, getting back to the bigger picture again, mm-hmm. that's why in, in one of my past proposals, we were, you know, Ryan Taylor and I had two competing mutually exclusive proposals up to try to fix well, well what I would call fix. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the proposal system in general, so that masternode owners were were having to give up some of what would be by default be their own compensation in exchange for a proposal. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that, I know some people disagreed with this uh, approach uh, because, well, for various reasons. But the reason that that uh, we both proposed some degree of this, like the masternodes should be it should be coming out of their own pay is because that's how you define value. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no other way to define value other than a voluntary exchange of one thing for another thing. Uh, and so we, we, we're in a, in a tricky situation with this whole blockchain funding thing, uh, which we're still trying to figure out, right? Uh, yeah. Because we're basically, we're basically doing public goods funding. Uh, we're basically like a government that has the ability to print money and fund whatever we want. And it's hard to, if you don't do that right, it's easy to just print money because it's not really your own. You're just you're just printing money and it, other people bear the burden of that. But to the degree that you can make it uh, hit your own pocketbook to some degree, that's what you can create. Uh, that's how you can measure and create value subjectively it's that exchange and so getting back to the uh, the incubator and the hub I, I think that that does follow down like at some point we might have we might experiment with something where you know the admin is well I won't get into all those details those are those are just ideas and half baked so I won't I yeah. won't talk about them but somehow we need to be able to value uh put measure value instead of just measuring output. Mm-hmm. That's the, I think the bottom line. Well, that's the thing is measuring outputs a great first step that we didn't have. And mm-hmm. what I would love to see, like, for example, one thing, one of the things I proposed for the incubator that ended up being, you know, at least started was a flip starter variant for dash. That's basically like the crowdfunding system where when you created, when you, reach the donation goal, then it would be paid out. If it didn't in a certain time, everyone would get refunded. And basically, which is, that's basically what I would call the Bitcoin Cash treasury. That's what they do as a treasury is they don't have one, but that that's how they fund projects. Now, uh, I think a lot of Dash funding should go through there instead of the treasury, just because, you know, it, it you have the more quality control thing in that the donors of the project get to actually feel the pain of losing their money towards a thing and they they actually have that that market signal of value now what i'd love to see is a combination of that and the hub model then the bounty model of rather than just as we're doing today asking the treasury the slush fund as it were to just give us money and then we send it we help with the help of a team of admins start administering it all over the place and you know actually paying for output and all this kind of stuff what if the source funding came from someone who actually felt the pain of the of the money leaving like what if for example 
I mean, I was talking about like what should be next as far as, you know, hubs or incubators or whatever. And it's like, do we do a, another dev incubator or do we do like a biz dev one? But like, what if we, what if a biz dev one was created, but not funded by the dash treasury? What if it was created and interested dash investors of masternode nature or otherwise decided to donate to this system because they were very keen on seeing the value of their investment grow by more things, more integrations and stuff being reached by, let's just say the ATMs that are being deployed all over El Salvador that don't reportedly don't have Dash on them of like working hard to get Dash on those things. Or like, why aren't we on Gemini yet? Or why is Coinbase Commerce not have us yet? Or what about BitPay? And then they're like, I think that if we got on all of the things, the value of my investment would go up. So I'm willing to pay for it. And when people are, you can see, cause it's radically transparent, right? You don't have to like have like a, you know, an investor, you know, report or like a donor summit or anything. Cause it's just right there. You get to see what you paid for in every one of these kinds of things. And then you get to just, you know, provide real feedback of like, ouch, I'm feeling my pocketbook. I'm feeling my dash getting burned for nothing here. Like, let's switch it up or I won't donate anymore to this, this whole system. And then, yeah, just another evolution of this whole thing. Yeah, it's a, I think it boils down to basically the same, the same issue. If you mm-hmm. have, um, if you have a BCH style Kickstarter flip starter mm-hmm. thing where people are donating their own money to fund something because they think that it will make the value of the remaining money that they have in the bank more valuable. That's basically the same as, as uh, what, what we were proposing earlier, where the masternodes are giving essentially what would otherwise be their own money. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same model, uh, but whether it gets, whether those kind of, whether a project gets funded at the treasury level by creating Dash using inflation uh, and diluting everybody else's holdings uh, in the whole ecosystem um, or versus whether somebody is donating like a flip starter to a flip starter campaign. I think that the distinction there, like where you choose one versus the other is whether something is is truly public infrastructure that that benefits the whole ecosystem, or if it's more targeted at like private uh, private gain. Yeah. So I, I think the the model where where everybody benefits and it's like infrastructure that anybody everybody benefits from that's what should be funded from the treasury or the super block. If it's something that somebody wants to donate, uh, do a flip starter for, where they think that they could personally benefit. Uh, by doing this and there's not really a wider uh, benefit to the whole ecosystem, then that's when it makes sense to do a flip starter more private from your own funds kind of thing. Yeah. And what I'd really like, um, and obviously I will say this until I'm blue in the face and then again about whether it was you and Halawi and the other proposal or, Ryan Taylor's proposal, obviously we have our personal opinions, which one is better, but at the minimum, either of those would have helped immensely because it would have removed that public private distinction of funds in general where, but like, for example, you could fund development funding of 
like you kind of want there to be a threshold kind of a thing. It's sort of, it, and you can imagine this in like a voluntary community too of like, okay, if you're going to live in this community of like a hundred homes or whatever, you, we all agree that we're going to pay the roads contractor who the two thirds majority stakeholders all vote for. And so if you say, I don't want, to, if you want to dissent, dissent and not pay for those roads at all, you should probably move out of the community and do something else. But it's like, as far as the other services, like who do you want to move your lawn? Who do you want to move there? That's just your money. And so it's kind of the same sort of a thing with the, to the treasury where like Bitcoin doesn't have this at all. Bitcoin has the flip starter system, so to speak, but the actual core protocol has this whole tragedy of the commons kind of thing where it doesn't make business sense to donate to that necessarily unless you're trying to get an agenda out of it. It just, it didn't work clearly. Again, history has shown that it didn't work. And so Dash fixed that. The problem is Dash fixed that and then people started funneling everything through this public fund idea. And then it kind of lost the free market incentive sort of model. So I think we can kind of do better and evolve the governance thing. Uh, we have a couple of questions before we hit that. I just want to finish off my like rant on all this stuff by saying two big pro two big things offered by this model that we're all touting, which has a lot of bumps and bruises and holy crap is it challenging sometimes in a lot of paperwork and other things like that. But uh, the two big things offered by it are decentralization and transparency and we don't necessarily need, we might be trying to go for both, but what if transparency is the, is what if we can have other projects adopt the transparency without actually the decentralized model? So here's a, here's a, a point um, where the Dash incubator right now has a Trello board. And so does the marketing hub. The marketing hub has two Trello boards, one of which is a relationship management board because Part of things that we're, the one bounty that has been fully approved by now, I mean, depending on when you're listening to it, there could be a few more, but is the media placement one. If you get on a show to talk about Dash, you get an article written or you get mentioned by this, whatever, you get paid for that. But there's also a part of that is to pay whoever arranged the interview. So let's just say Halawi says, hey, I was, I will listen to the, the dollar vigilante all the time and I want to like, I think you should go on their show. And I'm like, sure. Can you get me on? And he, he reaches out and says, Hey, can you have this guy on? And they say yes. And then I go on and talk about dash. I get paid for that, but then he gets paid for arranging that. So basically in order to track that, we have this public relationship management board. And thankfully, uh, uh, thankfully we got this crumble power up for Trello that basically turns Trello into a CRM system, a customer relationship management system, because those are usually closed source systems. They're very, or they're closed systems. Like it's internal to the team only. Uh, but because Trello can be made public, we made a CRM public, which no one does because who the hell does that? We do. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has done that before, but you know, in fact, when I was asking if we could make certain details contact details only visible to certain people, but the rest of it public. The the team that built this thing said like, that's interesting. We've never had anyone ask for that. Do you yeah. mind sharing with me what you're using this for? Because that's, that's very different. And so in this way, there's been a lot of like, oh, who was talking to who first kind of thing. But if it's all public, 
you don't need to deal with that. And so, for example, with business development, like who has been talking with Gemini since whatever, record your thing, and then you can kind of put that publicly. So to kind of, to cap that thing off, I would encourage and I would really hope this sort of transparent model to be adopted by projects that don't actually have the decentralized elements to that, like let's say Dash Core Group. Why don't they have a, again, this is not like a putting on the spot kind of thing, it's just like a brainstorm, right? What if Dash Core Group decided to, for all their business development stuff, put a public relationship management board, a pu the public CRM CRM board, and then they're like, oh, Omar's talked to this guy at this point. Oh, you know, Arden reached out to this person and keep all that. What if they kept their own tasks? Because a lot of public company, like corporations, have public Trello boards for their progress as well. What if they, the same centralized entities that work in the exact same way just put their work out publicly like that so that people could say, oh, you're trying to talk to this person. I have a contact. Can I help you? Or, yeah, like let's, or hey, I see you're reaching out to these organizations right here, these companies. What if you did this one instead? Or like, oh, I haven't, just the transparency can help a centralized organization work in a more efficient way possibly. But anyway, before I go into the, uh, the super yeah. chats, why don't you say <laughs> what you think about that? I, I guess that's possible, and you know, I, I'm pretty sure that BCG knows that's possible. They they could they could account for every duff uh, mm -hmm. that they're spending to the to the detail that that we do in the incubator if they wanted to. But you know, there are costs that come with that, mm -hmm. and privacy issues, and I I think it's probably better to just. You know, I mean, we, we could suggest it, obviously, but I, I wouldn't necessarily push for it because, you know, now we have alternatives. They, we have the alternative, the, the more transparent alternatives of the incubator and the hub and more to come. Mm -hmm. And if that's what the community values more, then eventually, you know, maybe the, the scales will tip a little bit so that where... Uh, the master nodes are sending more money to, to that kind of an organizational model because they like it better. Uh, but, you know, it's like they, it's like they say, um, well, it doesn't really matter um, what the organization model is in the end. It's, it's what the value is that they produce. So if, if DCG's methodology uh, is producing the better fruit than the open decentralized model or, or, fruit on par value mm -hmm. on par with what we're doing then you know why not yeah of course now we did a question a little while back which is you know less directly related to this specific thread but on the the general subject herman's crypto guide hi dude say says what are the crypto dow funding models right now how can major crypto yeah. projects fund their operations like dash does i know of none it always looks like external money without a link to the chain slash node like with dash yeah the way that i see it is there are two major different types of dow funding uh there's there's a stream a blockchain a blockchain stream of money like this is the way i think of it. i think of a streams and and buckets mm -hmm. and most DAOs are buckets um they're just, here's a ton of money that they got from VC funding, either from a token sale or, or some other way. Yeah. Uh, it's a bucket of money that will run out. 
uh, unless they do further raises and, and whatnot. Um, so aside from the conflict of interest where you are then uh, obligated to bring value back to those VCs instead of necessarily what's, what's uh, at the best interest of the, the token holders, it's, it's more of the VC shareholders. Mm -hmm. uh, that part aside, there is that distinction of they've got this bucket of money. Whereas Dash's model is it's a stream. It's a 10% of the ongoing uh, super block or 10% of the ongoing uh, block rewards are going to this fund. And so if, if our, if the Dash token goes up, then immediately and instantaneously and continuously our funding goes up and that's, that doesn't happen with the bucket model. Um, so, and, and obviously, uh, in addition to that, you have the better aligned in, uh, incentives of, of, uh, you know, the funding is coming from the master nodes. And so the value should be accruing back to the master nodes, whereas the, the VC funded model doesn't necessarily support that, um, that's, I guess, what I could say about about that. As far as like other things, DAO models that I've seen in the, in the Ethereum space, uh, they do have some because they have smart contracts and um, just an insane amount of developers working on this. They do have excellent tools mm -hmm. uh, to administer these DAOs where we're kind of actually in the stone age of, <laughs> of DAO administration uh, tools. So that's one of the disadvantages, but I don't think that's necessarily because of how D uh, Dash is structured. So by administration tools, does that mean like what, what specifically, does, what kind of things do you mean by that? Oh, I'm drawing a blank on the names, but if you looked into Shapeshift's model, like the tools that they're using, uh, they were able to get up to speed just like that because they have these open source tools, like um, probably similar to um, some of the things that we've heard being developed in the Dash space, like the Dash Town Hall. It's mm. just like better, better voting tools mm. uh, where you can just pop in a poll about something and then all the token holders can can vote on something really easily uh, not not just binary yes no funding decisions but like any kind of customized polling controlled by the token holders um and then like th tools like boardroom um, uh, how easy yeah, you can look into is that. this to port to dash by the way or just for dash to start using these tools <clears throat> I've looked into it. Um, it's easier. It's it's not straightforward because because these are basically smart contracts. Mm. Um, so in, in, unless and until Dash gets smart contracts, uh, they would be difficult to port because yeah. you basically kind of need like an EVM uh, to to run the the functions. Interesting. Uh, that being said, um, just one little plug. I I do think that smart contracts maybe in our future for dash uh, i've spoken with some people in the incubator and uh, people at bcg and it seems like everybody's kind of like yeah we probably need smart contracts mm -hmm. uh, so we're gonna we're gonna look into that for sure i mean we already have been looking into it but we're gonna we're gonna keep doing that and, and looking deeper and, and maybe fund some some kind of uh, just let's let's pull in a VM uh, to 
testnet or our own version of testnet and 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 see how it works on uh, dash master nodes yeah so we have two questions from Hilawi. um one is would ryan support level one slp style tokens while dash platform is still being finished up mm. uh personally i'd probably not uh i mean it doesn't matter what i personally support but um i think that i think it's better done on a on the second la layer personally okay that makes sense now we had another question from palawi here uh what does ryan think of dashcore group's horizon sidechain partnership for social media marketing bounties does he think it would have been more prudent to develop a similar feature via the dash incubator or was there need for more options? Now, I have to preface, this has recently been a politically hot-button sort of issue in certain ways, specifically the Dash Discord, where a lot of people were freaking out over it, and a lot of people were saying, I think it's great, slash I see no problem. So anyway, um, just your uh, hot take on that with just with the preface of some people, yeah, this might be a politically hot-button issue, but say what, say whatever. I don't know. I don't care. Okay. Yeah, I didn't follow the whole thing and I didn't look into all the details of this partnership, but at a high level, I'm always for partnerships. I think it's a good way to um, mingle communities. And mm -hmm. I think Dash has kind of fallen behind that. Partly, we've kind of fallen behind on, on these partnerships. We're not really in the public awareness right now we're just we're just not mm -hmm. i i've looked around and you know things like things like governance and things like uh public funding things that you would think dash should be the first thing that they mention they're not even thinking about let alone mm -hmm. mentioning and part of that is just because you know we have this uh well <clears throat> we we don't have the the same tooling like the, the ethereum community they have a lot of integrations and partnerships between different groups doing things um and that's because of their tech stack and how you can spin out uh, a project with a token uh, really easily by making an erc20 token or, or a side chain uh, or layer two chain that's helping scaling they're, they're they're so dependent on each other and so they have to kind of cooperate but dash being being independent it's nice because on the one hand because uh you know we're independent but if anybody's read the 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 seven habits of of effective people book by covey you know that there's there's this spectrum of uh, dependence and independent independence, and then beyond that is interdependence. Where, yeah, it's great to be independent because now you can you're self sufficient and everything. And Dash is self sufficient. Like for the for our purpose, we don't need any other any other chain or any other team or any other community. We we have digital cash independently. And it's working really well, but we don't have, we haven't graduated to that next level of interdependence where we're working with other people to help bring them into our community and kind of collaborate on strengths and strengths and weaknesses. And I think this, this partnership that DCG put together, 
I think it was good. Like overall, I mean, it's, it's tough to say because you don't, we don't know exactly, or at least I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's probably answered like how much funding went into it and, and what exactly the deal is. I'm sure there's some people do know this, but in general, I'm, I'm for collaboration with other groups. Like, uh, you know, I think it was already stated before that, you know, partnerships like Ren, Ren and, Thorchain and things that can help Dash, uh, those are great. Uh, and I, I see, I put this kind of in that bucket where, you know, we don't have the, the ability to, to build this kind of a thing on, on platform yet. As much as I'd like to say that we do, we don't. Um, yeah. I guess true. that's, I guess that's my take as, you know, if it, if it helps bring some awareness to Dash in, in their community, that like they can they can use our coin to to fund things and then it gets dash dash uh dash the token into the hands of a lot of people in their community and they'll they'll know that they can spend that on dash direct things mm -hmm. that's probably a net net benefit but it's hard to know without knowing what the costs were well that's the other thing is about like it's not like dash core group going about hiring people is very different from a completely public, transparent Trello board project where anyone in any community can take a peek in and get excited about something and want to participate. And I know of a few people who've crossed over uh, recently um, from, the, for example, a friend of mine who's just crypto in general, not super into Dash specifically, started poking in on the incubator recently. And then some other people who I totally would not have suspected are trying to get involved with the hub now and stuff. So a lot of that, that openness could probably help, you know, remedy this sort of a thing. I mean, I, I have a feeling that DCG over the last few years has been like super busy and just kind of like in the trenches focused internally. And the rest of the community has largely sort of abdicated to them when the community should have been out there again, you know, not absolving responsibility on either side but should have probably been out there getting more people into the community doing more cross-chain collaboration cross-community collaboration stuff like that but uh for whoever uh whoever is should or shouldn't have whatever we're in a new era now we're in the era of transparency collaboration moving forward innovating on dash and not just sitting on resting on the laurels of past innovations so yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, we've lots, lots of cool stuff to be done. So let's wrap this thing up. Any final thoughts? Hmm. I don't think so other than, let's see, I did make some notes, but I think we, we touched on some of the things that I, I wanted to say. Um, uh, incubator's roadmap, just generally speaking, uh, for the next two months, we're just kind of doing business as usual. Not, uh, I'm just taking my foot off the gas a little bit. I think we've gone a little too fast um, in terms of the projects that we start. And I, I want to let up on a little bit of that um, so that we can, I'd rather focus on creating quality in a few projects rather than uh, like qu basically quality versus quantity. So I want to tighten that up a little bit. Um, and then starting, starting next quarter, um, we're going to start having some more, uh, public, 
discussions. So uh, we will have some, some I, I hate to call them meetings because it's not like something that's going to be mandatory, but we're going to have some open discussions within the incubator so that people can can look in and, and see what we're talking about, see what we're working on, uh, see what our challenges are, what our uh, successes are. Uh, so expect some of that starting starting next quarter. And then, uh, yeah, uh, we're. I'd like to to streamline our process a little bit more so that it's more obvious how to get involved with the incubator, yeah. both as a developer and and as admins, mm -hmm. because some people don't realize that the admin role, it, it helps if you have some developer uh, knowledge, mm -hmm. but it's not necessary. I think what's more necessary is people that have the, the vision of digital cash and can know how to uh, administer projects. So uh, help help teams like project management is different than development. And if you have project management skills, <clears throat> you know, let me know. Uh, we, we're, we're in need of some more to, uh, admins. So, so how should they find and reach out to you or find out more about the incubator? What's the best place to direct them to? Uh, I think <clears throat> if you can find me on Discord, that's probably the best way. Um, my handle is at Ryan. Uh, Three four three three, if I remember correctly. Hmm. It's more than I remember about mine. Uh, so so yeah, that or you know you can feel free to send me a, a, an email as well. It's Ryan Gull R I O N G U L L at gmail .com, or I think I have a Twitter handle that's just at Ryan Gull as well. So mm -hmm. feel free to do any of those. Yeah, and uh, as just mentioned, Pozo, one of the um, admins of the pub, just mentioned that. He's actually a project manager, a product manager for a software firm. And so, of course, that helps very much. So, and yeah, the process of being an admin if, is a little clunky and intimidating at this point. I'm trying to refine that, but you know, it is what it is right now. It's a lot easier to contribute. But anyway, big old shout out to everything. So, you got to go to the Dash Discord. The link to that, if you go to stayDashy.com, that gets you into the Dash Discord. And in there, of course, you can tag Ryan or myself. I go by the desert links, just like you see down there at the coin tree thing. And I, I don't think there's any fake desert links there. If so, we're going to ban them right away. But <laughs> And there is a Dash Marketing Hub channel in there that you can go in. You can see what's being discussed. Uh, you can go in. Um, you can see what's being discussed. You can see our link to the Trello board for both the relationship management and the actual um, thing itself, the, the actual workflow. Now, a couple of things on like what we'd like, um, what is his name? Great Wolf was asking something up here, I, th I believe. Uh, but anyway, if the way, the two things I would personally like help on are if you live in the, 50 United States. We have a bounty that we're in the process of getting, of specifying, of getting through specifications, and then we're going to start doing it. So this isn't ready yet, but in the coming days. I mean, we don't even have the money for the proposal yet. We kind of jumped the gun because I had some extra Dash Boost funds from back in the day, but it's not officially like done. We don't, anyway. So soon, by the time you get to this, there should be availability. 
We need people to make quality videos of themselves using Dash Direct to buy something. And we're trying to uh, get someone in each of the 50 U.S. states. And that me just to show, because Dash Direct is U.S. only for now, but it would be fantastic to have just show that someone's buying a different thing or from a different merchant in every 50 of the U.S. states or at least every major city, right? Just to get that out there that, wow, people can use Dash everywhere kind of thing. So that's one thing. The thing that I'm all, the other thing is there's the media appearance bounty. If you can get an article written in a, a publication, like, you know, say Cointelegraph or Coindesk or whatever, uh, or if you can get on a show, a podcast or whatever, talk about Dash, specifically Dash directors, the Dash direct bounties official and live now, you can, you can go do that. Or if you, I'll do all the talking if you want. You can just go into the relationship management board and just start suggesting like, oh, what about the Lex Freeman podcast? Can we reach out to them? I don't know about this. Oh, oh, I know a guy. I'm a subscriber of this podcast or this show. I'm going to suggest. And then you can get paid to like get me on shows or get you know some other people like uh, a few different Dash Core group people have volunteered such as Ernesto for Spanish language things. So that's the real way you could help right now. But also, if you have other great ideas, you can just propose them. If they're accepted, you get paid for the idea. If you write in detail how this would work and that's accepted, you get paid for that too, et cetera, et cetera. It's a really fun, great system. So go to staydashy.com, get into the Dash Discord, and start doing that. And there's two other things. First, October 17th or 16th, 17th, really, we're doing a thing up here in New Hampshire I'm calling Dash Fest, where basically get a whole bunch of Dash people over here and check out the Dash Burton scene up here because a lot of people hear of the New Hampshire of legend but haven't actually like spent crypto in real life in a real directly crypto-accepting merchant. So that uh, October 17th, I haven't figured out the time yet, but I will get out an official Facebook event and Eventbrite or whatever the hell else. Uh, there is at Able Ebenezer Brewing. We're going to be up there. And with like a food truck out there, you can pay in Dash. It's going to be great. So if you want to come up and visit Mythical New Hampshire, you know, open invite. Just let me know. And I'll have something official. And finally, it's time for the after party. It's kind of like this. Just an open little discussion here. Except it's not recorded. And it's as many people as you want. I think at our peak, we got like 17 people or so. You also go to the Dash Talk Discord, but you just start asking, let's say, in the general channel, hey, where's the after party? I don't want an after party. Or you ping me, and you get in. Did I miss anything? Is that it? That's it. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, thanks very much for being on, Ryan, and thanks, everyone, for watching. This is quite comprehensive and quite, you know, philosophical and meta, maybe, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my Cointree page. That's cointr.ee slash thedesertlinks and leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with ShopinBit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.